Hello and once again it's time for that monthly and finally podcast review this time for October. A light hearts review of the month in football. October was an odd month with salutes causing controversy, agents earning fortunes while some players go unpaid and the mafia are all involved. Yes, just another normal month in football. AFC filed and now being driven by Bentley after the longest serving manager in the English Football League quit his job at Morecambe to take over at Fylde. Jim Bentley had been with the Shrimpers since 2011 and now leaves Gareth Ainsworth at Wickham Wanderers as the longest serving manager with seven years under his belt. Ainsworth was excited but he's not making a song or dance about it. Well actually no that isn't true, he's actually made and released a song to celebrate. While Ainsworth had something to celebrate, Berry once more faced difficulties and were not helped by the EFL who blocked Everton chairman Bill Kenwright's offer of £1 million from his personal fortune. The EFL said they could not accept it as it broke Premier League rules over conflict of interest. But Berry were allowed to take the offer using Manchester City's training ground rent-free for the next five years. I don't understand why one is acceptable and not the other, as either could be leveraged in truth, but all offers were made with the best intentions. Though Bill, me old mucker, if you do happen to be listening and you're wondering what to do with that million that is obviously burning a hole in your pocket, feel free to contact me. I can help you with it, Bill. Southampton were given a 9-0 pasting at the hands of Leicester City, and the playing and coaching staff all gave their day's wages to charity because of it. Funnily enough, since then the team has put in improved performances. Not that I'm suggesting the players are scared of losing another day's wage or something, but they do seem to play like players with something to lose, such as a day's money. Even without VAR, referees can still get decisions wrong, as was shown in their championship match between West Brom and Charlton, where the ref managed to show the red card to the wrong player. Nathan Ferguson fouled Chris Solly on the halfway line, but the ref, Matthew Donahue, showed the red card to Grady Diangana. It was only because the baggies bench protested that the ref spoke to his assistants and realised he had got it wrong. You do wonder what they would have done if VAR was available. Probably drew a few lines in showing that in fact Nathan Ferguson had been the one committing the offence and the ref was correct all along. Accrington Stanley may not be well known to those who don't drink milk, but they are now very well known amongst Gillingham fans for their generosity. Poor Gilles fans had not seen their team win a single game on the road, and so Stanley decided to reward those loyal souls who made the lengthy journey north to Accrington by giving them all a free drink. Their generosity clearly knows no bounds, as he also gave the Gilles an extra gift by treating them to their first away win too. Holston Keel's summer signing Michael Ebervane has had to wait a long time for his first touch with the club, and when it came it was not one he will want to remember. Ebervane was warming up behind the goal when the opposition, Bochum, hit a wayward shot which he kicked back into play. Unfortunately for him, the ball had not fully crossed the line and VAR spotted it. A penalty to Bochum was awarded and scored as a result, and Ebervane is still awaiting his chance to make his debut. Nepotism is clearly alive and well in Spanish football, as Andorra FC, who Gerard Piquet recently bought, have signed his nephew, Tariq Antonio Mubarak. I can't think what made Andorra want to sign an unemployed Colombian winger who couldn't get a team in his home country. But I have a feeling he would get plenty of game time with the Andorans. We all know Brexit has a lot to answer for, but now apparently it's including Michaelsfield Town's financial problems. They managed to get a winding up order postponed after claiming that Brexit was holding up international payments they were due. The mind boggles as to what kind of international payment Mach might be waiting for though. In the Bundesliga, you have to feel for Freiburg, who are having real problems with the new stadium they are having built.
It's not even finished and local residents have taken them to court to complain about the noise it might make in future while matches are on. The most ridiculous thing is that the local court has actually agreed with the complaint that a crowd at a football stadium might be noisy and ban matches from being played between 8 and 10pm or on Sundays between 1 and 3pm. Arsenal never had these kind of problems. No one has ever complained about the noise from their grounds. Even though Bale turned down a move to China's big money, According to Forbes magazine, his agent is the highest paid in the world. You have to say he probably deserves it, as any agent who can get bail work modelling for anyone other than PG Tips has to be special. Then you add in the £500,000 a week plus he has managed to get Real Madrid to pay bail to stay at home and play golf in his backyard all day, and you realise Jonathan Barnett is doing a stellar job there. Apologies for that bad gag at the end, which I probably need to explain as... Barnett's agency is called the Stella Group. Yes, it really was a terrible gag, but come on, this podcast is free. You weren't expecting it to be good as well, were you? In the Mexican League, bottom place team Veracruz are having financial problems and the players have been unpaid. They decided to protest against the lack of pay by standing still for the first few minutes of a match against Tigres. The Tigres players were pre-warned, but took advantage of the three-minute protest anyway to notch two goals as they went and won 3-1. How bad must the Mexican league be if a team can only manage two goals against an opponent who are not even moving? It reminds me of an old gag about Everton who had to scrap training matches against a team of bins as the bins kept beating them. Is that better or worse than a Stella gag though? I'm not sure either. La Liga haven't given up on their idea of increasing income via holding a league match in the USA, despite pretty much everyone else being opposed to it. After failing to hold to gain agreement to hold Girona's match against Barcelona in Miami in January, they've instead tried to get a match in December between Atletico Madrid and Villarreal played in Miami. They've even tried to get the Ecuadorian league to take court action to open the door for Spanish fixtures being played in the US. Though La Liga are calling it an, interna- an internationalisation strategy rather than just a money-making scheme. New Reading manager Mark Bowen has admitted he was a little surprised to be offered the job. He revealed that he was in the middle of actually putting together a list of potential candidates, a list without his name on it, and gone so far as to speak to a couple of them to find out if they would be interested before he was even offered the job. Though it doesn't sound like they were all that confident in him, as he was chosen because it would be the least obtrusive way of doing things. Talk about a ringing endorsement there. The mess at Derby County continued as the pair of drunken morons who crashed into each other and then fled the scene have been played regularly ever since, while the passenger who got injured has been sacked by the club. Of course, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett are key players, while Richard Keogh was in his 30s, coming to the end of his career and suffered an injury that could potentially end his career at that level in the accident. No, I'm sure it's purely down to morals, as Derby have shown what kind of club they are throughout this whole episode. The Leeds United owner Andrea Radrizani has said that they will be able to compete on level terms with Manchester City if they get the investment he is seeking. He is hoping to get the owners of PSG, Qatar Sports Investments, to invest in the club. He does say a lot of things, but it seems most of it is pie in the sky. Daniel Levy has admitted the club couldn't offload their players in the summer as the only clubs interested in their players were clubs the players didn't want to go to. To be fair, just who would want to sign their surplus players anyway? Would you pay a fee for Danny Rose or Serge Aurier? Now Eric Dyer has had the benefit of a few years of Poch's coaching, no one would want him either. It's just shocking he managed to find a buyer for Trippier after the season he had had. Back in Germany and Sam Pauli's 
Turkish midfielder Senk Shahin upset the club's ultras by tweeting in support of Turkey's invasion of Syria, upset them so much that they asked the club to sack him in a statement and ended it by telling him to go fuck himself. Surprisingly, the club did release him the following day and he's returned to Turkish football in an attempt to find keep fit while he finds a team. Daniel Stendhal may have been sacked by Barnsley after a 10-game run without a win, but he was still beloved by the fans after winning them promotion to the Championship in his first season. In fact, they loved him so much that they actually threw him and his assistant Chris Stern a leaving do in a town centre pub. Having been to Barnsley a few times, I can understand why Stendhal would want to celebrate leaving. Bayern Munich and Germany keeper Manuel Neuer was not content with getting into an argument with Barcelona keeper Marc-André Testegen this month. After telling Testegen that he was not good enough to take his place in the German team, he then decided to upset Bayern and Germany's kit suppliers Adidas by being pictured leaving the t- Germany team bus in Weyer trainers, Weyer trainers, whatever it is, trainees. To make matters worse for him, Adidas are also major shareholders in Bayern and they were quick to announce their unhappiness and intention to discuss the incident with him. Still, could be worse, he could have been wearing the wrong trousers and we all know what trouble that can cause. AC Milan showed that unlike Sampoli, they are not one of those clubs that listen to their fans. They chose to appoint Stefano Pioli as their new manager, despite the top trend of Twitter in Italy being the hashtag Piolo out, Pioli out even. The club's alters released a statement advising against employing him, and one fan even went to the trouble of holding a protest at the club's HQ against him. It's about as popular as Ed 33 and eat or you can eat buffet. Petr Cech has had a change of career from goalkeeper to goaltender with ice hockey side Guildford Phoenix. It's not really much of a change, he's just on skates rather than wearing boots. Oh, and the ball's a little smaller than ice hockey. Or puck, whatever it's called. In La Liga, Leganes asked to have their match against Levante replayed from the 44th minute as they claimed the VAR system failed. They had a penalty awarded against them despite the offence looking to have occurred outside the area and then the ref's walkie-talkies just happened to stop working and the VAR decision had to be passed on via phone. I'm not sure why they think that is enough for reason to replay a match. After all, VAR seems to give the wrong decision as often as it gives the right one anyway. It's no wonder Usman Dembele left his home in Dortmund in such a mess he was ordered to pay compensation to the landlord as, when he left, he did a midnight flit apparently. According to his translator at Dortmund, Dembele found out Barcelona wanted to sign him and just vanished overnight with his mother, leaving no one able to contact him for three days. And it worked for him as he got his move to Barca in the end, and he's, he's starting to make his mark there now. The African Champions League was a complete shambles last year due to VAR making a mockery of the final. This year, they didn't even have to wait for the final before things started to unravel. The second leg of the last 32 game has been a mess. Senegalese side Generation Foot arrived in Cairo with a 2-1 advantage over Zamalek. The game was scheduled to play on Saturday, only for Zamalek to move the match to Sunday and to Alexandria, citing security reasons. But Generation Foot turned up on Saturday at the original venue, only to be turned away and then failed to appear on the Sunday in Alexandria. And then there was former Nigerian international defender Taribo West. He was the first African to play for both Inter and AC Milan, but he claims that he was driven out of Milan by the Mafia. According to West, the Mafia told the press he was injured and bribed the doctors to say he was injured because they did not want an African player on the team. Things were so bad for him he ended up having to settle for a move to Derby County. 
That's when you know your career is on a downward spiral when you're forced to join Derby. Though it does seem difficult to believe that there could possibly have been any trouble with racism in Italian football. I mean, who's ever heard of that? So there we have it, October, all done and dusted. And I'm out of here like Ed 003 when he sees the bill coming. Bye bye.